Myth stories and kids. <laughs> Brothers 
uh, in a different town in uh, California still, and his brother had a salute, so he just kind of skipped yeah, town and ran like, up. Sounds like a judge, doesn't it? No. Yeah. So he um he went there. He hid out with his brother until his brother was murdered in a separate incident. Then Roy became the new owner of a saloon, and he was living the good life, doing well, and he fell in love with a woman. But she ended up getting kidnapped and forced to marry a Mexican officer. And Roy was pissed. So he left, found the man, challenged him to a duel, and killed him. Well, that man had friends. Six exact friends found him, uh, captured him, and they decided they were going to kill him. So they tied a noose around his neck and put him on a horse, tied the other end to a tree, and left him. Because they figured that when the horse moved, he'd probably fall off and die, and they'd be done. So they left, and sure shit, the horse moved. He fell off, but the fucking rope stretched. And the woman said he was, like, went there to, you know, retrieve. She was hiding behind a tree, conveniently, and came with a knife and cut him down. Yeah. Right? I don't think they stayed together, but he did have a scar on his around his throat, and he had a stiff neck forever after. After that, he was done with California, and he moved to New Mexico until the Civil War started. He joined in the war on his own and uh, decided to help out with, like, uh, transporting goods and shipments for the, the army. And um, he decided to settle down in Texas because after that, he decided no more New Mexico, going to Texas. And he was going to start shifting his focus onto businesses. But he was a shyster, a little shithead because... I'm sure he was. <laughs> he kept on trying to find every loophole he could keep running his business. So if he had a lumber business, he was cutting down all of his neighbor's trees and using that as he sold for his lumber. He had a dairy business, but he was busted for watering the milk down. Oh, everyone was doing shitty things. He had a butcher shop, but it was shut down when it was discovered that he was stealing cattle that hadn't been branded yet from his neighbors and selling the meat at his shop. So he also was known at his saloons to swindle beer from beer salesmen, all right? So apparently, back in the 1800s, it was very common and a custom that if a beer salesman showed up, he was to buy a round of beer for the whole saloon. That was just his thing. And so how they would do it is, he, at the end of the night, they would gather up all the empty bottles, they'd tally them up, and then the beer salesman would just pay for what was drank. Well, Roy Bean, being the amazing man that he was, decided to keep some of the old empties and shove them in there so that way instead of like maybe 12 beers, it was, you know, maybe 25 and the guy was paying. One time a salesman had asked him about it and he says, uh, what the heck? Those look really dry and Roy was quick on his feet and here's a quote. It says, it does look fairly dry, but it's the way of drinking that some of the boys has. They don't often get good beer and when they do, they're not only they not only drink the bottle dry, but they sop it out. Pretty good vouch for your beer, son. And kind of yeah. like affirm that, oh, this is a good testament to you. So his lack of success from his businesses forced him to move uh, him and his new, new young wife, who was 18 at the time, and their kids to live in a poverty-stricken Mexican slum named Beanville. It was I'm named after him? I'm assuming so, because he was a pretty, like, charismatic guy. He'd go into towns, and he'd just kind of take over. He opened another saloon in the in, in Beanville. Yep. 
And Again, still just picturing Ron Atkinson. But he's not that popular in there. And so a different store owner, store, sorry, store owner in the area heard that Roy was thinking about following the railroads because they were building the railroads at the time. So all these little like boom towns were popping up along the railroads to service the workers until they had progressed far enough west. Okay. So he was hearing that there was going to be a new town opening up down the road because that's where the tracks were headed. Mm -hmm. A guy offered him 900 bucks. Just leave your shit here and go. I'll give you $900. By that time, Bean and his wife had already called it quits. She was leaving him, taking the kids. He had nothing to lose. So he took the 900 bought a tent, and 10 55-gallon barrels of whiskey and set up a saloon near the Pecos River and named the new settlement Vine Garoon. Don't know where that came from. They were Does about... It, huh? No, no, it doesn't say Vine Garoon is what Does it was that called. Mean Bean and <laughs> I don't know. No, it's pretty cool, then. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, there was about eight thousand rail workers about twenty miles away that they kind of came down to a saloon, nice. and the nearest courthouse was about hundred and twenty miles away. So there wasn't a whole lot of like justice, rules. yeah, <laughs> and rules. So the Texas Rangers decided to establish a justice of the peace for that area. And Roy Bean was magically selected. His wow. first order of business was to shoot up a Jewish competitor's saloon and take it over. He didn't want the competition. <laughs> then he used that as his own saloon. And his previous yeah. tent, he turned that into a makeshift courthouse. Now, Roy was an old-fashioned man. He had an 1879 revised statutes of texas book that he adored and he took all of the rules from it if a new and more updated book came fuck that book it went into the fireplace 1879 <laughs> was the year okay he also Wait, 79 1879 okay. Huh, all right, yeah. okay he couldn't have burned too many no <laughs> well no not for a while but because it wasn't 1890 no 1970 well, he was a he was often like after he became a, a justice of the peace. There, he was for a few other towns too. Yeah. So maybe, but um, he also chose his jurors from his best saloon customers and demanded that whenever court went into recess, they had to go back to the bar and drink. Mm-hmm. Um, once there was a man, an Irish man, accused of killing a Chinese worker, and Roy let the man go free because. There, w- there was nowhere in his law books that he could find where it said it was a crime for a white man to kill a Chinese man. <sighs> there was also a mob of 200 I- Irishmen outside of the courthouse that threatened to kill Roy if he didn't go that way, so that might have also helped in the verdict. But to add to the chaos, he kept a pet bear in the courtroom and had a reputation for bragging, dueling, and gambling on okay, cockfights. Yeah, so um, when railroad construction moved westward, so did Roy. He set up a saloon in Strawbridge, but was quickly ran out of town by the saloon owner who was already there. The guy was putting kerosene in all of Roy's drinks, and so nobody came over there. Roy was kind of pissed because he lost all of, you know, he lost another saloon, so he decided to move 20 miles west of the Pecos River. But there was a catch. The original owner of that 600 acres agreed to sell the land to the railroad company on the condition that Roy Bean was not allowed to 
uh, buy or lease any of it. Any of it. <laughs> well, Roy had an ace in his in his pocket, all right? The man that he let go, the Irishman, was still with the railroad company. So he had told Roy, hey, I'm going to let you know that uh, if you use the railroad right away, it's not covered by the contract. So for 20 years, Roy was able to establish this little spot, like basically squatting right. on land that like, he had no legal right to. None. He named his new uh, saloon the Jersey Lily after the actress, who coincidentally actually showed up at the saloon 10 months after he passed away. Oh, so, I mean, she didn't get to see him, but she obviously was en route, because in the 1800s, that means she was on her way, especially if she's coming from Britain, you know. Um, wow. But uh, he would use fines. He wasn't a big fan of jail. There was no jail. There was a, a, a tree that had, like, a chain wrapped around it that was considered the jail, but that was only if you couldn't pay the fine. And what was the total amount of a fine, you would say, like? How, what was the basis? Like, what's the difference between stealing a horse and, like, you know, shooting up a, a saloon? Nothing. Whatever was in your pocket was what's considered the total for the fine. Seems like Robbie Banks. <laughs> now, they do have some documents of his strange verdict. And these are really good, okay? I'm going to read a few. So, upon finding a corpse of the Southern Pacific Railroad workman who had been killed after he fell from a high bridge over the Pecos River... The men having been carrying a the man was carrying a pistol in his pocket and forty dollars when he died. Okay, the judge rendered a verdict of accidental death and then imposed a post-human forty dollar fine on him for having concealed weapons. Okay, and it was also the he was also the coroner, so he also collected a burial fee of ten dollars and ten dollars in court costs. So when a train passenger tossed a $20 gold piece for a beer, um, Bean refused to give any change. When the stranger protested, Bean fined him $19.95 for contempt of court and threatened to double the fine if the stranger said another word. So the stranger just left on a train. <laughs> Although the district courts were legally allowed to grant divorces, Bean did so uh, anyway, and pocketed $10 for each divorce. He charged $5 for weddings. He never sent the money to the state or the county. He pocketed every fine, went in his pocket. So when he asked for, like, um, he performed a marriage on two Mexican couples, and they came before Bean and asked to be divorced and remarried to the other person's spouses, Bean agreed to the demand, charging each of them $10 for marriages and 40 for divor divorces. Yeah, um... Weirdly kind of progressive for the day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a rival saloon order, owner named Torino was brought before Bean on an assault charge. A jury of six men found the accused guilty and fined him two dozen bottles of beer. Bean stopped his rival from buying beer at his own saloon and instead had him pay a retail fine at his own saloon. So... He had done a lot of this kind of stuff, where it was just Shiesty a lot of shicey stuff. Legend says that Roy passed by being gunned down by a Mexican outlaw, and if anything, I believe that Roy started that rule, that like rumor, because he actually just got drunk and died in his own bed. Yeah, pathetic and sad. <laughs> but he's an American folklore hero. There's actually been movies 
based Mr. off Bean. of him. Nah, Mr. Bean. <laughs> Mr. Judge Roy Bean. I can't remember who it said played him. It was, um, I want to say, like, maybe, like, Robert Redford or something like that. Weird. There was the story of Judge Roy Bean, and you can That's see fun. his marvelous... Uh, maybe I'll have to find that one. You said he was handsome, but I still... I don't I'll know. Like, he got into a of, lot of trouble. All I can think of was Mr. Bean. Dude, YOLO. Doing all these <laughs> antics. <laughs> He would. He would get himself in those situations like, oh, a, t- a knife and a tamale. You know, like, that yeah, is Mr. a very... Bean digging out of jail. That is a very Mr. Bean thing. They right. should have had Rowan Atkinson play him. We, there's still time. Rowan Atkinson's still alive. There is time. You can always, always do another one. You can deep fake that shit. Actually, that would be the, the cheapest, most effective way to do it. That... He'd be okay with it as long as he got money. <laughs> it was that weird guy who decided to make the the, the black mermaid white again? <laughs> no. Uh. So, all right. Well, that's another time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So where I'm going to take things is quite far from uh, Old West <laughs> Rifter Man, which is Aww. fun. I like that. <clears throat> he he represents America's justice system <laughs> very very well, well very well. <laughs> Give me everything you have. <laughs> we haven't changed that much. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go to Korea and Ooh. learn about the Kumiho, or otherwise the Gumiho, depending where you're really. Kumiho, Kumiho. Yeah, gotcha. I don't think it's a North South thing either. I don't know. I just keep kept seeing different, like different ones. And, okay. Um, and I think some of that comes from it being such an old story, yet revamped or like mm. new interest found. Okay. But the Kumiho is a nine-tailed fox. Oh, I've heard of that. And where did you hear about story. it? Um, it's not fair, because I'm pretty sure that I've read about it inside of one of my mythology books. Okay. So, so that's still... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's some weird, like, I was t- talking to a coworker and he's into, like, weird cosplay stuff, and he yes. said, someone went as that. And then, uh, yeah, it, it it's interesting. But anyways, yes. the... the the Kumiho is a creature of Korean folktale. Uh, it's a fox beard, which is pretty cool. There's a couple different fox beards. The Chinese have the Huli Jing, and the Japanese have the Kitsung, which okay. is actually more popular than the like in modern stuff. Than the uh, you see a lot of newer Kitsung. Okay. And the Kitsungs or Kitsung uh, can have more than nine tails. I think I I didn't do as much at you know reading on on these the variations kind of fun how the fox spirit is something that pops up so much okay. uh, in, in uh, Asian cultures. But uh, mostly those guys are like kind of trickster spirits. Yes. Um, and one thing I like is that it's kind of like how much older the fox gets, it gets more tails. Okay. And so like it's said that over a thousand years, a kitsune will eventually have gotten nine tails. <clears throat> and so it's, it gets more powerful. Nice. And uh, so the other ones are Tricksters, but the kit the, the uh not the kitchen, the Kumiho is a lot more uh badass <laughs> Ooh, and just well, let's get to the best. and malicious. It's uh the one thing is that it's got a thirst or hunger for both human hearts and human livers. And so Iron. Okay. Yeah, in some gotcha. some instances it's said that it goes and, and digs it up out of graveyards, which is morbid, but Benign. I mean, sure, That's it's desecrating the dead, but yeah, not it could so bad. Take it from a living, you know. But 
like the most like common thing is it seduces men and and uh, kind of then it tricks them oh, and then eats their hearts. Poor poor so, weak men well, are seduced by a but girly it's, fox. It's but it's also not even it's not just the men. That's just like the weird sexy side of things. Because okay. a lot of times it takes the form of a woman, and there's one story that kind of kind of alludes to that it's able to take the form of someone who it's already killed. And so oh. it's definitely killing some ladies, too. And in one story, it does actually try to seduce a woman as a man and, okay. and marry. So, like, a lot of the times it's like, oh, yeah, seduce this 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 person to marry them or get them alone. Yeah. Uh, all, right, all right, all right. So, like, a weird... Now, do you know if they mean, like, are they able to keep it on file or after a certain like, amount of killings, does it kind of just fade away, or they only got so many slots that they could put so these So far, it's only what I can find in English, obviously. Okay, okay. I'm not speaking Korean. I'm sure I could have found... Yeah, I know. I should have <sighs> learned Korean for this. Ugh. I know how to speak Texan. I could <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you learned Texan for this I story. learned it for this whole episode. <laughs> uh, so, basically, it's got to trick people. It's got to get people alone. It's got to... Uh, it seems to prefer men, okay. but seduction seems to kind of be the weapon of choice. This, well, this it's, one, this, it's the easiest way to get you guys into a dark alleyway. This one is fun, <laughs> though. So it, it's said to be able to transform into a bride on the wedding day. I don't know if the bride is already oh. dead at this point. Okay. But it's, it can like transform into them so well that it tricks the, the bride's mother and the or the and the. Okay. So no idea, and then goes the, through the whole. It just wants a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> goes through the wedding day, and then it's, it's not revealed until the clothes are removed. And I don't know. That's all it said. My guess is there's still a fox tail on this one. Um, ooh, he's just wagging back and forth. I got so, you. <laughs> and then yeah, it's too late, and so presumably that means you know she's she gonna eat his him heart. And, kills him and eats his heart. Does um, that kind of go along with um the folk there? Because that's the reason why brides normally have bridesmaids, is to trick any kind of spirit that's trying to go after the bride. So those guys were supposed to be like decoys. Hmm. I never heard that one. Really? Yeah, because normally that's the reason why the whole purpose of having the bridesmaids is that it was supposed to be a decoy. It's kind of like in Harry Potter, you know. Everybody drank yeah. the polyjuice, and they're all pretending to be Harry, so that way nobody knows which one's the real one, and that's kind of the purpose of the ladies. And then, bam, we became and a Harry bam, Potter killed podcast. Your, <laughs> killed your bird! <laughs> oh, no. Don't bring that up. Come on. Oh. Sorry. Okay. Well, now my heart is eaten. Gosh. Yes, that I'm poor a bird. Alright. Anyways, where was I? Now that my heart has been ripped out, might as well feed it to this thing. So... Anyways, it's hard to find a lot of stories, you know, that were like full stories that were in English, but I did get some snippets. Okay. There's the the story of Pak Mansu and the Kumiho. And so the main character is this guy, Pak Mansu, and he's wandering around in the woods. He gets himself lost and it's dark. And uh, he finds this like young girl, like basically like a like a super young girl. I don't know if it's it almost sounded childlike, but I don't know if it was quite that. It's like innocence, I think. Was okay, the some, okay. Something like that. Um, but she comes up to him with a, a lantern and, and tries to leave. Oh, I'll lead you to safety. And he like thought he noticed weird fox-like appearances, but it's yeah. dark. And so he's yeah. following her, following her. 
and just more and more he starts seeing little things that uh, just looking like a fox. And so he realizes it, and he's like, what are you? And she's just like, run. <laughs> and he just takes off, and he narrowly escapes. And so uh, that one was pretty fun. That's good. A foxy and, uh, lady who turns out to be a real foxy lady, and she's going like, to kill you. That one seemed like he just was lost in the woods. Yeah. I kind of want to find the whole story translated in English. I couldn't find it right away, but it might be something I can buy. Because um, it sounds like it'd be interesting to read. Yeah. He seems like was portrayed as kind of a good guy. And this next dude is kind of a dick. Uh, uh, yes. But he's saved, which this guy was smart enough to notice. This guy is, yeah. So anyways, this is King. And he okay. meets a girl in the woods. Oh, and please. somewhere along the along the way, like he learns that her father is set late in a so he promises to, to save her that yeah. father. And then tells her to take her clothes off. It's well, like, well that's a natural a, progression. That took a quick turn. <laughs> um, and it said that it was dark enough that he couldn't see her true form. But luckily, a mountain spirit showed up and struck the girl in the face. And oh it forced, her, forced her to reveal her true form. Before it would let, Bitch, so like, please! <laughs> yeah, couldn't eat him. It's like, man, he kind of sounded like a dick. Get the gold and let it... <laughs> Uh, so, anyways, uh, the the Kamiho's mo is to go after men, but like I said, he, er, yeah. How did she take he, a female form? It, it tried to take a male or took a male form and tried to, to trick a, a young maiden. See, yeah. Um, and this is where it seems like there's got to be some sort of like you take the personality of or the you know the being of someone. Yeah. When you, they eat them. So in another tale, a fox was seen by a hunter in the woods. Scratching at a human skull, oh. and then it turned into an old woman. Oh! And so he's follows this old woman, and it goes into town. That's how I know I'm not a hero because I wouldn't follow an old lady that just appeared out of a fox scratching at a skull. Fuck no! I mean, he's a hunter, <laughs> pretty ballsy, All I right, guess. Yeah. And so he follows this woman. She goes into town, mm-hmm. and she goes to this house and meets up with these kids, and they're apparently her kids. Okay. And they're excited. She's apparently been missing for months. And so they're all excited to have her back. And then when she's not around, he warns the family, that's a fox. It must have killed your mother months ago. It's a oh, Kumiho. Yeah. And they like, that's all I got out of the story. It didn't say what they did to her, but just that he saved them somehow. I I'm guessing them. he probably killed her. <laughs> yeah, he probably was like, hey, come here. Or maybe, kill. I don't know if you can kill a Kumiho, really. Or maybe it runs off. I, I couldn't find anything that said anyone actually it so I'm just getting away from it because it is a spirit technically yeah so I'm sure you just eat some skull fight it off <laughs> escape I think you just have to escape it oh um, you and your cardio defeated what? I don't know that reference is that a I just made that up because I'm just thinking like cardio and she's like oh, oh, oh you got away from me alright I'm defeated I'm done that was she just seems like sometimes she just likes to scare the shit out of people because she told that guy to run. <laughs> like, yeah, I've been fucking with you. <laughs> so, the Kamiho still is like pops up in modern culture, especially in like Korean stuff. Although, like, apparently, you know, I think it's for people who like anime and Korean stuff. Yeah. Rachel said that people uh, get or has gotten the nine tailed fox tattooed on. Yep. She didn't think, call it specifically that, but it's a kind of.
common theme. People enjoy it. I think it's mostly anime folks. And yeah. For those of you who don't know, my, my lovely girlfriend is a tattoo artist. She does spray paint. And so in Korean culture, there's a 2007 film called Yo- Yobi? Yeah, Yobi and the Five-Tailed Fox, where okay. the character is, is a, a young girl, and it's a Kumiko. And then in 2010, there's another Korean like rom-com, sitcom kind of thing. Um, my girlfriend is a nine-tailed fox. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, yeah. Nice. So that's kind of fun. There's also one. In, She's a douchey good I don't know, do your, kids, do your kids play League of Legends? No. Popular one? Yeah, I guess there's one in there. And then finally, down this rabbit hole, it inevitably led me to Apparently it is a very popular furry thing. Oh, they love all the animals that have like special abilities and folklore with them. Heck yeah. So that's where the rest. I didn't really follow it further than that. No, you were like, oh, that's uh my limit. Moving back down. Well, this is a family no not exactly <laughs> not exactly a family program, but we're not going there. Well we're not there's nothing going wrong with furries. You can but... Google it on your own time. Yeah. That's I like that, the mischievous little, uh, but it's always, I love how, like, whenever um, there's a female version of some kind of, like, creature, They're it's sneaky. always got to be, like, about seducing the poor man. Like, oh, the, the the story is, don't follow girls, young men, because they are nothing but trouble. They will eat right. your heart. They will well, destroy you. Women are bad. I, what I didn't like about this is, like, the clearly exploitive, like, dickhead king. Got saved by a spirit where it's like, dude, you should have, and other people just get eaten. It's like, you should (laughs) have let him get eaten. That should have been a caution. It's supposed to be a cautionary tale for everyone else. (laughs) Except for him. He is protected. There's like a little breezes, zephyrs in his face. Yeah, this little light just flies in and slaps it in the face. (laughs) Uh, Tinkerbell shows up. (laughs) That was Korean Peter Pan, and he's gone way off the rails. Oh, become Captain Hook. I've uh another time we'll have to talk about the Peter Pan uh story. It's not as amazing as as uh, Disney made it out to be. No, it's a lot more twisted. Yeah, you'll I'll have like, to look for that episode. I like weird adaptations we'll talk about of, it. of it, but I've never actually read the original. Oh, and how it it's kind of goes along the lines of uh Ring Around the Rosie. How that in London Bridge, those kind of songs where they were kind of, it was made to be something to help out kids during a really rough time. And when you hear about like, yeah, we'll talk about that. You guys have to find (laughs) that episode because that's going to be a good one. Yeah, don't spoil anything. Well, thank you for joining us this week, everyone. Yeah, thank you. I hope you come back again.